Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today's book review is of The Power of Habit. And The Power of Habit is an amazing book. It's one of those books that every single person should read because it applies to every single person and will affect every single person. So the two biggest takeaways from The Power of Habit is one, the majority of your life is made up of your habits, and your habits determine the outcome of your life. Do you have a habit of eating right or eating junk food? Do you have a habit of yelling at your spouse or do you have a habit of talking it out with them? All of these things will have drastic effects on your life, especially when it's compounded over time. And then the second biggest takeaway is the science of habits. And the big takeaway for that is the habit loop. And the habit loop is essentially just breaking down every single habit out there into a sequence of steps that every habit follows. And the th three steps are, there's a cue, so a trigger is another word for it, the routine or behavior, and then the reward, why your brain, what you get out of it. So an example of this is getting up in the morning. The cue is the alarm clock going off. The routine is either you hitting that snooze button or actually getting up and getting your mo morning routine going. And the reward, depending on which one you go with, is either you get to sleep for another five minutes or you get to wake up and actually achieve your goals and feel refreshed. So every habit is like that. And we'll talk about more about each stage of the habit loop here in a second. But before we go into that, I want to talk about some other key takeaways. First off, you can't erase old habits. Now this is not 100% definitive, but in general, we believe that you can't erase old habits. And the best analogy I've heard for this is think of the neurons in your brain kind of like roadways. If there's a lot of traffic, it gets more pronounced and more developed, but if there's not a whole lot of if there's not a whole lot of traffic, it might be a dirt path that you could go hiking on, all grown over and barely visible. Whereas if it's something that is used regularly, it could be a six-lane highway. And as you try and change your habits from bad to the good, the when you're starting out, the bad habits have a highway. You have to remember that, that it's really easy to go back down that bad habit because it's already entrenched. It's very well developed. But as, over time, as you consciously keep working on developing a new path, that old bad habit roadway will begin to deteriorate as the new habit becomes more and more developed. And eventually, it'll become easier to take the good habit path instead of the bad habit path. Next key, do not replace one bad habit with another bad habit. Because you can't erase previous habits, if you get rid of if you try and get rid of one bad habit by replacing it with another bad habit, well now you have two bad habits entrenched in your mind permanently and you have to constantly stand guard to making sure you don't go down either one of those habits instead of the one good habit that you want. So, a great example of this is a lot of times people will replace smoking with drinking or or vice versa or we'll start up an eating habit of a bunch of junk and they'll just replace one bad habit with another bad habit and the main reason behind this is because your brain doesn't think these are bad habits anything your brain does 
it's getting a, re a reward from. You're getting something out of the habit that is beneficial. Now, the bad parts might drastically outweigh the good parts, but there's still a little bit of benefit. And when your brain is operating off of habits, it is operating off of reaction. It's The basal ganglia is the part of the brain that is all about reaction. It's when you don't have time to think. Very instinctive part of the brain. And that's where a lot of your habits are rooted in, is your basal, basal ganglia. So you have to consciously make decisions to help limit your brain's reactions to things that you know are detrimental to what you actually cognitively want. But this is easier said than done, especially when it's involving powerful, powerful emotions. A lot of habits are addictions, and a lot of addictions are based off of trying to cope with life. Life's hard. So let's just take loneliness as an example. When you're lonely, that's a powerful emotion, and your brain wants to stop feeling lonely, well, dopamine is very good at making you not feel lonely. And many, many addictions are very good at triggering a high dosage of dopamine. In fact, every habit, the base, when you, when you boil everything down, everything, every reward is dopamine. But at an addiction, you get a high emotion, which is the cue. You have a routine that triggers a high dosage of dopamine. So then you get the relief of less pain. And I don't remember where I was going with this. So if you want to be able to change your habits and to have a better outcome, you need to first figure out what's really driving the bad habits. That's where I was going with this. Because you might think it's one thing, but it's really another thing. And how do you figure this out? Well, there's several different ways to figure it out, but the best way is trial and error. Um, in fact, he uses an example in the book of this guy who the cue is at around, I want to say it's 2 o'clock, he gets up, and then the routine is he gets up, goes to the cafeteria, gets a cookie, socializes with his coworkers, and comes back to his desk. Well, he doesn't. he's getting a little fat, so he doesn't want to eat the cookies anymore. So at first he tries and has like an apple at his desk or something so that he can, maybe it's because he's hungry, so he at 3 o'clock he's hungry, he'll get his snack from his desk so that way he doesn't go to the cafeteria and get a cookie. Well, that doesn't work. Well, maybe it's not that he's hungry. Maybe it's that he's wanting to get up and move around. So he gets up and does some stretching, moves a bunch, and then gets back down. Well, that doesn't help either. So then maybe it's because he goes and socializes with his coworkers for a little bit. Well, that one, that works. So instead of going to the cafeteria to get a cookie, at 3 o'clock, he just goes and talks to some coworkers because what he was craving was socialization, not a cookie. The cookie was just the routine to get the socialization that he had developed. So if you figure out the reward, the thing that you are actually craving, and then figure out a different method for getting that, you can break bad habits. Or maybe you want to develop a routine. And how you develop a routine, like for instance, going to the gym or something, is more based off of the cue, what triggers the routine. So just as the gym example, a great cue for going to the gym is, depending on whether you work out in the morning or afternoon, is when you get off work, instead of going straight home, go straight to the gym. Part of that's due to the law of momentum, but you clock out from work. The cue is you clocked out from work, go to the gym. 
And as you do that on a regular basis, it becomes easier and easier. Versus in the morning, maybe you wake up, you hit your alarm, and you have your gym clothes sitting right there. You put the gym clothes on and you go to the gym. And that leads into the next thing, which is make your habits, make your good habits easier to do and your bad habits harder to do. I just use the example of having your gym clothes right there that you set out the night before so that way when you're tired and groggy first thing in the morning you don't have to think about where's my gym clothes where's my shoes it's all sitting right there and all you have to do is put them on and walk out the door really easy and let's say junk food you don't want to eat as much junk food well then don't have junk food in your house get rid of it throw it out because it's a whole lot easier to go to the fridge or the cupboard to grab yourself a snack that you don't want to eat than it is to get your shoes on, hop in the car, and go to the grocery store store to get that same snack. You can also, back to the previous thing, you can also add a routine to a pre-existing cue. Um, and in Atomic Habits, he calls, you call it, he calls it habit stacking. And I did a book review on that last year, so go check that one out. But you can stack a routine on a pre-existing cue so for instance you hit the alarm the cue can be hitting the alarm and you can if you want to add a routine to your morning routine just stick it after you hit the alarm so you get up you hit the alarm and maybe you want to hop in the shower so you hit the alarm it's time to go hop in the shower or maybe it's you you want to start cooking yourself a nice hearty breakfast before you go to work well you hit the alarm you go to the kitchen so when you tack on a routine to an already pre-existing cue that cue will still exist as you try and develop this habit so what are the different types of cues let's talk about that real quick so location location can be a cue um, you walk into your house and you want to do something you can make the walking in through your door a cue it also can be things in a location like for instance the gym clothes sitting on the floor that's a can be a cue to, oh yeah, I need to go to the gym. Placing uh, your scriptures on top of your phone can be a cue that you need to read your scriptures. Doesn't matter, it's just you need a location for a cue. Next type of cue that you can have is time. I use the example of three o'clock. At three o'clock, he went up to go get a cookie. So you can have time-based cues. I'm like, oh, it's three o'clock, time to go do this. Oh, it's seven o'clock, time to go do this. It's five o'clock, time to go do this. So you can have a time cue. Emotional state cues. This is where addictions really thrive. Um, oh, I feel like this. Then your brain goes, well, to fix this feeling, we do this. So maybe you're sad or you're hungry or you're bored. And oh, by the way, you can have multiple cues for the same routine, especially with addictions. You can have multiple emotional state cues. You can have location cues. You can have all of the different types of cues. And you can have multiples of the different types of cues. So just a quick tangent. But emotional states, bored, hungry, happy. Um, if you're feeling stressed or anxious, a lot of habits, especially a lot of bad habits and a lot of addictions are coping mechanisms for different emotional states. Masturbation is a predominant one for these. When people are sad or bored or tired, they will use different routines to make them try and feel better, even if the routine in the long run does not make them feel better and in fact makes them feel worse. In that short, brief moment where it feels better, 
the brain the habit gets cemented stronger because it got the reward it was looking for even if that reward only lasts for like three seconds so the next type of cue is others actions so if somebody does something or looks at you in some way or maybe they start picking things up noises all sorts of different things can be a trigger to activate a routine and then the last one is preceding actions what did you just do this is another spot where habit stacking can come into play like well I just hit my alarm so now since I hit the alarm the next routine it that's the cue for the next routine which is to put on some motivational stuff well I just put on some motivational stuff well time to go get a drink of water I just got a drink of water well it's time to do some stretching well I just did some stretching it's time to get some food I just ate it's time for me to get to work that's an ideal situation I'm not saying I do that every single morning in fact, predominantly, I do not do that every single morning, but I try to. And then to wrap this up, there's two more things I want to talk about. So first off, you have to actually believe in the new habit. If you don't believe that it's possible to change your habits and you don't believe that you can do the new habit, then you're not going to do it. And then lastly, there are such things as keystone habits. Exercise is one of these habits. Let's say you go for a run. Well, if you're running and you can't breathe, you might quit smoking. And if you're exercising, you want to be well slept. So you start going to bed at a decent time, at a set time. So that way you have lots of energy when you're trying to work out. Exercise is a good keystone habit. Fixing your diet's a good keystone diet. Meditating's a good keystone diet. And morning routines are a good keystone diet. There's a lot more than that. I'm just listing a couple of them. Um, if you focus on building those habits, and just one, pick one, if you focus on building that habit, you will naturally start developing other good habits. So that's the power of habit. And with that, I will see you all next week.